Hey folks, welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. And wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being part of our universe. We're two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And this is podcast episode number one of Music of the Spheres, and so we're very excited to be doing this. Uh, It's a process that has been in the works for well over two years, and we're finally uh, bringing it to fruition here um, on a cool September night. And um, and so we're just thankful that we had the opportunity to do this and looking forward to uh, spending some time with all of you who are uh, might be out there listening. So we thank you again for, for being with us. Uh, we thought we'd get started by just introducing who we are. Um, so you know who's who's speaking uh, this evening. And um, so you can listen, listen to that. So um, my name is uh, Jordan and, um, and I'm a, I'm a minister uh, in the Reformed Church in America. I'm also a I'm also a brewer, um, a place called Wolf Hollow Brewing Company, and, uh, and that's what I that's what I do. Um, but I'm also somebody who is uh, who is interested um, in in sort of the mysterious uh, mysterious parts of the universe, um, the mysteries of life that we live, and and so um, I'm hoping to have some conversations with with my brother on uh, some of those topics. We we do anyway. Like if we're you know hanging out, uh, we typically will end up talking about things like that or. Um, or uh, sort of exploring how we each encounter the world around us. And so um, so we wanted to use this as a platform for talking about that. So, um, Jason, you want to tell folks who you are? Yeah, so I am Jason, Jordan's brother, and I am also a minister in the Reformed Church in America. Um, and I'm also a, a almost close to, to graduating from a little little school called the College of St. Rose in Albany, New York, uh, with a master's degree in uh, clinical mental health counseling. So uh, I've kind of got this interesting uh, thing happening now with uh, the religion and kind of spiritual side of things, but also the the mental health and um, wellness and like seeking wholeness um, in, you know, as, as human beings. Uh, so th- those are interesting worlds that are connecting right now. I've dusted off my uh, microphone, got the cobwebs off after two years of uh, it waiting uh, around for this podcast, and uh, yeah, it's exciting to to get started. Uh, uh, yeah, speaking of kind of like the the spiritual side of things, the I guess the Holy Spirit is what I would what I would call it. Just I like the idea of kind of like how that music makes you feel like there's something swirling around uh around us within us and uh it's it's exciting to have a chance to kind of like chat about how maybe we can be a little more in tune with it so i'm excited awesome yeah i'm excited that we're that we're finally doing it too and you are actually the only person with podcasting experience in this group right yeah i've uh, done like uh, six you know yeah just short of the average podcast episode number i need uh, Uh, (laughs) i need like need two hands but not more than that awesome and uh, we we also have joining us tonight uh, our our special podcast guest um, who will uh, hopefully if, as long as her bedtime doesn't get in the way will be joining us for each episode um, and it's my daughter Lila do you want to introduce yourself 
Suppress Bread, I'm here. So, um, I'm Lila. I'm Jordan's daughter and Jason's niece. And um, I'm super excited to get to be on this podcast. Um, I only get to be on here for like 10 minutes, but um, hopefully as I get older, I'll have later bedtimes <laughs> so I could, <laughs> so I could like, I don't know, stay for a little longer. Um, and um, actually, I'm, I'm, so I'm in sixth grade. Today. This year is my first year in middle school. It's a big change, but it's super fun and exciting. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to be on this podcast. I don't really know what to say. That's great. No, we're happy to have you. And uh, it's neat to have uh, somebody else's perspectives. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more later, just since this is our first episode, about kind of what the what the idea of the show is and what the what the focus will be. Um, but as I mentioned in the intro, we're, we're you know, people that are interested in, in seeking truth. And you are able to bring us a whole other kind of uh, perspective, given that you know you're you're younger and you're sort of in a different phase of life, and so you can share <laughs> other things with us. And you're also in a major transition in your life, going from elementary school to middle school is a big is a big change. And so you know you, that'll that's a transition in your life. And this is some yeah. something of a transitional thing for us as well to to finally bring something that we've been working on for so long into into existence. So um, so yeah, we've got some. Uh, some fun stuff ahead of us, I think. So, yeah, uh, I'm fun. <laughs> you are fun. Uh, so, Lila, um, your role in the show, as I mentioned, will be bringing us that perspective. So, we have decided to um, to allow you the opportunity to share either the music of the week or the sphere of the week, given that we are called the Music of the Spheres podcast. Um, and then uh, I or your uncle Jason will ask you a question that you don't know is coming um, after you share your music or your sphere of the week. So would you like to go ahead and, and do that part now? Okay, so yeah, this week I'm doing Sphere of the Week. And basically I'm just going to be talking about anything spherical that kind of like strikes me as amusing. <laughs> um, or sometimes I'll do Music of the Week, which is like either music that I play, which, um, fun fact, I play violin, flute, piano, and my dad, hopefully, will be teaching me guitar sometime soon. Um, and, um, I'll probably have some stuff on that, maybe some music that I like, um, more my own music than that. Um, I write a little bit, but, um, yeah. So, this week's sphere, I chose, um... You are sitting in on it right now, unless you're in outer space. The Earth. Um, <laughs> that would be great if we got some some space listeners. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if they have spaceship radios. <laughs> Probably you can not. Get podcasts in space. I'm pretty sure. Oh well, yeah, like yeah. if you have your phones. But do phones even work in space? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. This secret question true. for a, a future podcast. Uh, anyway. All right. Cool. Planet Earth. Let's hear it. What? What is? Uh, tell us about the sphere of the week. So, the reason I chose Earth is because, um, hopefully everybody knows about this, but we're going through, um, global warming and a lot of pollution is going on, and I want to talk about, like, um, I don't know, like, taking care of the Earth and stuff. And so, last year, in fifth grade, we learned that, um, 
there are if you know what the ozone layer is it's an it's a layer of protective gas around the earth and um it keeps the sun from directly burning us I, I don't really know i don't remember is is that Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from like, from like penetrating harmfully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's uh, they're becoming holes in the ozone layer, and that's what's creating global warming. And the Earth is like heating up and getting warmer and warmer and warmer. And pollution is part of it, um, in some way. <laughs> uh, the pollution is like. I don't, I don't know. We learned something about this in fifth grade, but I, I don't really remember it. <laughs> but anyway, take care of the earth and <laughs> All right. don't, don't let her. And, um, yeah. Any questions? So that is your sphere of the week. Take care of the yeah. earth and it will take care of us. Uh, wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, your question tonight is, um, you can, you can choose. It's actually uh, a, your choice question. You can oh. tell me what, <laughs> tell me what one of these words means to you. Jeez. Materialism or spirituality. Your choice. Which one? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, trying not to go completely silent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and too many ums, like you said not to do. Um, <laughs> exactly what you said not to do. Okay. I choose materialism, but I don't really know what it means to me. Nothing. It means nothing to you? Well, it, it means something, but... What, is it, what does it mean to a sixth grader if you hear the word materialism? Like maybe getting like stronger, growing, I don't know, like... You're materializing. Oh, materializing. Oh, I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking that, about. That is a that okay. is a version of the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like getting stronger and developing. I don't know. I'm just talking. All right. It's a podcast. So. Great. Well, um, thank you for joining us tonight and for uh, being with us for our first ever episode. We yes. appreciate your segment and um, your wisdom and insight that you bring to us. So, thank you very much. Yeah. Looking forward to the spheres and the music. All right. Um, I guess it's your bedtime now, huh? Yeah. All right. I got to go. Okay. Well, you have a good night. We'll see you in the morning. Bye, everybody. Um, I will talk to you next week. <laughs> All right. So that's Lila, and that's uh, her segment of the podcast. She's very excited to be a part of it, and uh, we're excited to have her. Um, so we just wanted to uh, share a couple of quick things with you. We uh, we are slowly getting ourselves uh, an online presence. We uh, <laughs> just today uh, got our email up and running. So we do have a show email, which we're pretty excited about. And uh, about an hour ago, I got the first test email to go through. So... I think All we right. can receive emails now. Um, so if you're listening to this and you want to 
contact the show if you would like to talk to Jason or myself, or if you have a question for our uh, sixth grade member of the show, then um, then feel free to uh, send an email to us. You can reach us at brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. That's brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. And uh, I have no uh, idea about social media. I'm not on the social <laughs> medias. I don't do any of those things. Um, but my brother uh, does a little bit of that. So you want to share with us? Um, yeah. Being, uh, you know, about six years, six and a little bit years younger, I just made it into the social media world um, that I I make no promises that I'm any good at it. But we do have an Instagram page. Nice. That is... Uh, created within the last six minutes and it is uh <laughs> music of the spheres pod um and that's that's where you'll find us on instagram and uh you know we'll we'll start posting some pictures uh or um some clips or whatever whatever kind of comes to mind and that that'll be our first online presence in social media world and we'll see where we go from there yeah and if you have any uh recommendations feel free to reach out to us at Music of the Spheres pod on Instagram or send us an email, brothers at music of the sphere, music of the spheres podcast.com. And uh, questions or ideas or if you, uh, anything like that, just uh, we'd love to know if, first of all, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, just send us an email so that we know you listen. That would be fantastic. Uh, but then also, um, yeah, just let us know, um, you know, what you think and, and uh, help us to, to make this something that, that brings value to your life. Um, so I, I, I thought next week, since it is our first episode to give a little, you know, background of, uh, kind of the description of the show, um, and, and, you know, sort of where the, the name comes from and, and kind of why we're doing this. Um, and yeah, so I, I think for me, and I, I'll let, I'll let you talk in a second, Jason. Um, for me, this is a, is about exploring, um, ideas that have been, sort of kicking around in my head for a long time. Um, you know, wanting to, wanting to explore some of the, some of the questions of life. I think we, you know, we all have them. Um, and I think some of us, you know, spend more time than others, uh, wondering about them, but I I feel like this is a format that, that can be helpful because we can kind of have a conversation and, and learn from one another and then see how certain ideas bounce off of somebody else and, um, and kind of get an idea of what that's like. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, to sort of force us to jump into, you know, a little bit more of the process of, of learning about that. You know, if I, if we have to make a, a podcast episode, then it's a little bit more, you know, <laughs> driving for us to, right. you know, to, to do a little reading or, or, you know, pay, pay some closer attention to some other sources that we're engaging with and just an opportunity to explore some things and, I, you know, I don't think really by any means this is going to be, um, even though that even though we are, um, we're both ministers uh, in in the Reformed Church. But I don't think it's going to be focused on religion or what it's like to be a, a minister. But that that may help to you know give a perspective that wouldn't otherwise be there. So I think that kind of can be interesting too. Um, and uh, so that's kind of what what I'm hoping it will be. But I wonder, you know, if if, if you have thoughts on that. Yeah, I was um, thinking the pandemic was so, I mean, obviously, well, I guess what what is, um, it, it's something we all went through, 
Um, so I think I w- I'm hopeful that maybe it, it allows us to empathize a little bit more with one another that we all experience the same thing which hardly ever happens right (laughs) Um, we're always experiencing something different but because it was so isolating um uh, similar to what you said like all these thoughts that go you know spinning around in our minds and clanging around um they don't we don't get a chance to like express them or like flesh them out and that's what I that's what was like interesting when you said, Hey, you want to do a podcast? I was like, that might be a way to finally put words to some of these thoughts. Because um, I think like putting words to something, saying it out loud allows you to to learn it, to kind of embody it a little bit more than if it's just something you think or hmm. um so that that's kind of that's what's interesting to me is um these topics that, you know, I made my list, right, of things. And uh, and right now they're kind of like in the abstract of just like, oh, yeah, there's these are the things I've thought about. and um, But putting them into into the world through this, this microphone is yeah. uh, really going to, I think, m- make me learn about them and make me uh, appreciate uh, their meaning yeah. a lot more. Yeah, and and that's that's probably a topic that we'll get into at some point too. Is that whole idea? Um, there's all these. Obviously, we're familiar with the creation story in Genesis, but there are other creation stories, you know, all through ancient cultures all over the world, right? And um, many of them have that idea that that the Book of Genesis carries of you know speaking something, and then and then the word actually having the power. And there's a lot of other traditions that bring that in that same idea, right? Yeah. Uh, or the whole, you know, the, the whole ancient thing of, of naming a demon removes its power from it, right, sort of thing. So I think, yeah, that's kind of kind of a neat way to think about it, right, that this is an opportunity for for us to to take some of this stuff that otherwise are maybe just thoughts or maybe it's, you know, just things that we passively engage with and making it something that, that is, is given some verbal character. Yeah, passively is a, that's a, yeah, it's a good word for what it has been. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're slowly becoming more active here. <laughs> it took right. <laughs> almost two and a half years, but here we are, um, promising that this was going to happen. Um, yeah, so uh, the name of the show is Music of the Spheres, um, and uh, that was something that I, th- I thought of, um, essentially, because it's um, it's from an old hymn, and uh, you know the opening music is that hymn, it's the hymn is This Is My Father's World, so some of you who know your, your old church music would know that hymn. Or if um, uh, you're a Lord of the Rings fan, in the, yeah. in the movies, they... Almost quote. Yeah, it's quoted the, quite a bit yeah. in, in the in the themes uh, from from the Lord of the Rings, uh, and and the idea there is that the the hymn was actually based on um, an old worldview that existed um, prior to Galileo uh, in his telescope. Sure. And you know, sort of bringing science into the, the modern place that it is, there was this understanding that um, that the the lights that they saw in the sky were part of uh, like spheres that surrounded the planet, and they were at different levels. And the spheres themselves would rotate, uh, and they there would be little dots of light in them. And and uh, there was an understanding of of a kind of resonance that was present with in all of that. And so uh, there, there's a line in the hymn. Um, all nature sings and around me rings the music of the spheres. And that's a reference to that 
more ancient worldview, which I think is is really helpful. It 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 um, it reminds us that there's something more to the story, right? That that there is some sort of resonance in the in the world that we live in. There is some sort of a there is some sort of a, a mysterious nature to all of it that we maybe you know we maybe sometimes miss, and that's actually kind of where I'm going to be going tonight in in our second segment is to talk about that. And so that's why I thought you know given the idea that we're we're kind of looking for what's that next layer of the onion sort of thing mm-hmm. you know what it's the next layer um it, that we we have a surface understanding and we go through everyday life and we live our lives but but there's something else to it all and yeah. i think that him captures that in that line and um and i also didn't see at the time any other podcast named that so <laughs> go for it <laughs> it's really easy to make uh, social media when nothing exists yeah. that's called right, right. music of the spheres that was that was but that was two and a half years ago so if if you are getting upset that we stole your podcast <laughs> yeah. name um we thought of it in 2020 yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> if that counts i don't know um and so uh you know that kind of leads us into um the format of the show we wanted it to be conversational um we wanted it to sound like uh you know two brothers sitting at the bar chatting um, which is actually what happens a lot (laughs) how we figured out this idea for this podcast um so we'll be sharing we will actually share some yellow beers on this show uh everybody reviews craft beers and i'm a craft beer brewer myself so i thought it would be fun to to be a little different and and review yellow beers so yeah we would love it if we get to the point where we have listeners from other places and they can send us their local like budget yellow beers. Like for us here, it's like, it's like Genesee and Utica sure. club, you know? So those are, yeah, the those Mohawk are great. River Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're just great, great local, you know, yellow budget beers. Um, but every, every place has them, you know? And so it'd be really cool to, you know, to, to experience some other ones. So we have a few that are lined up for us to, we're going to give you the full rundown of exactly how how yellow and delicious the beer is. Uh, oh, yeah. A little beer review. Um, but that, that'll be a part of our first segment. So our, our bright idea is to have a three-segment show. The first segment will be, you know, ramblings such as you're, you're uh, listening to right now. We'll let Lila share her uh, sixth grade worldview with you and see you know how that how that sits with you and what that <laughs> what that teaches you. Um, um, it's interesting to hear um, you know what what it uh, what children uh, are learning you know um, mm-hmm. and how the you know how our education system is working with kids and some some good things some you know maybe challenging things yeah. right. So it's interesting and, and and also like we said to get her perspective. So she'll be a part of that first segment. We'll chit chat if we are so fortunate to receive an email. That would be fantastic. Um, we can we can respond to your email in this segment. Um, if we ever have uh, news about the show or something else coming up, we'll, we'll talk about it there. Uh, if we add layers to our social media or our online presence, if we get like a, a real website up and running, we'll let you know about that. Um, if we have, uh, you know, like gigs coming up, you can come and see us play and we'll have a a music of the spheres podcast meetup or something. This is all down the road, but those are ideas for the first uh, segment. Then in the second segment is going to be sort of our our main presentation of the night. Um, we're going to alternate uh, show to show um, with one of us bringing something that's pertinent to to us and where we are in life, and we'll kind of talk about whatever our particular topic is tonight. I, I gave you a hint when I uh, stumped the kid with materialism and spirituality. <laughs> um, I did appreciate like the 
the you know when you like type materialism into google yeah. and it will give you the different definitions like yeah. she she definitely landed on on one of those yeah like, that will show up it was like the third or fourth one down right, yeah. she got there yeah. you know material uh, i'm made of stuff and, and that's just stronger. what's so cool about, about yeah. a child's perspective is like you know we would think we all of us adults would think about right. one version of it and yeah she's thinking of the the yeah. fourth version of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And, and so that's why we're happy to have her uh, join us and, and share her perspective. So um, so the second segment will be more of a presentation. Um, uh, the uh, the other the other brother who is um, who's not presenting that week will kind of listen. You can ask questions and, you know, pause or if I'm. Yeah. It'll be good confused. practice and uh, active listening. Yes, yeah, so you can do all your all your good active listening skills <laughs> that you learned in seminary. It'll be perfect. Um, and then, uh, and then, when the presentation is over, we'll take uh, we'll take another break. We'll do a final segment, um, which will be more of a of a dialogue, um, sort of with any questions or sort of just how that you know how that topic hit the hit the other person. Um, and then this is also where we where we would really invite engagement from from any of you um, members of our universe, which we're going to call you all that you're part of our universe. Um, so that's where we would really invite anything from you if you have responses in your emails um to us that you'd like to to share on a particular topic or if or if we totally muck something up and got it completely <laughs> wrong and you really need to help us you know understand a little bit better or um if you agree or disagree it's all part of us uh of, of us learning together what we're really hoping is that the show um can be a place where we can come together um as a as a community of people that just just want to know more about the world they live in and, and their experiences that they have and, and what it's like being a human being and living in this living in this place and having relationships with others and sort of going through life, whether it's the mundane or the fantastic and, and just kind of sharing in that together. We, we I think our uh, a great hope is that this will become a, um, a community of people that can uh, can ask questions together and we can have you know, meetups around yellow beer somewhere and, uh, <laughs> and talk about, you know, music of the spheres kind of stuff. So that's, um, that's kind of, uh, what we're hoping. Um, do you have anything to add to, to that? Like the format or, or what your hopes are for the show? Anything um, that I missed there? No, I, I guess I would just re- reiterate, um, just, yeah, I, I think we both value, um, lifelong learning and so we'll learn from each other. And, uh, that's why we want this community to grow just so we can, um, keep hearing different perspectives and, uh, learn from, learn from people outside of the, we're, uh, we're in a basement. So, uh, <laughs> learn from people outside the basement as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that would be a hope of mine. Awesome. Um, so I thought before we, before we drink beer, uh, it would be helpful <laughs> for us to tell, uh, our, our listeners, uh, sort of what, what led us to this place of podcasting. Um, I think most people who become podcasters are podcast listeners first. And I think it's kind of a common thing in the podcast world for there to be kind of a, a like a flow chart of, of, you know, how you find the certain podcasts that really speak to you and, and resonate a lot. Um, so I, I asked Jason to think about that a little bit. Um, and so I wanted to share with you, I don't know, some of these maybe you've heard of or some of them maybe you haven't, but, okay. um, 
you'll get to know us if you continue listening uh, to the show, which we really hope you do. Um, but you'll you'll quickly realize that I'm the woo woo brother of the two of us, and uh, and Jason, you're that's more. Like, that's like a party, like woo. No, I'm not. No, I'm not like the woo girl at the party. Oh, no, okay. I, I am <laughs> woo woo, as in like you know stuff that's a little bit more uh, fringy and esoteric, right? Uh, that's kind of. Um, sure. I've always been interested in in those kinds of topics. So one of the first podcasts that I engaged with was the the very famous one out of Australia called Mysterious Universe. They're real professionals. Um, it's a fantastic show. Um, and but that led me to looking for other podcasts once I got caught up to their catalog, and I ended up um, finding Where Did the Road Go podcast. Uh, Soraya Azkath, I think, if I've pronounced this name uh, correctly. Um, and then uh, and then Soraya had on his show. Um, it's these these two brothers from Texas called the Brothers of the Serpent. So a big shout out to the Snake Bros. I hope there's some common listeners out there. Um, I kind of fell off the Snake Bro wagon because uh, I kind of fell off the podcasting wagon for for a little while, which I'm sure will be a topic we'll talk about in in my own life and development. But um, but I love those guys, and I was actually I would I would write emails to the show and I would send them beer. So I'm hoping that if anybody from Texas can find some yellow beer to send to us, we can do a little swap there. <laughs> um, but that led me, they would always talk about their friends up in Calgary, uh, the Grimerica show, Graham and Darren. Um, and, uh, you know, big, big shout out to those guys. I've been listening to them a lot recently. Um, that's more of an interview based show where they interview people on all that kind of like, you know, um, same kind of things. And then um, I've also dabbled in uh, with the Conspire Normal podcast a little bit as well. So, uh, so those are uh, Grimerica and Brothers of the Serpent. That's kind of my bread bread and butter. But uh, but I wanted to um, you know just give shout outs to those shows and, and everything that uh, that they have done for me as far as as far as um, you know teaching me uh, some of the things that that have sparked my interest. Yeah, I do like myself a good uh, alternate universe. Um, you know, <laughs> well, your out, favorite show is Fringe. Shout out to my that. favorite show, Fringe. Um, which, spoiler alert, I guess there's a alternate universe, but the show's many years old. So, if you haven't seen it, um, I don't feel that bad about spoiling some of that. But uh, I guess if you listen, you'll you'll find that I am uh, maybe the less the woo woo brother and more the uh, the the brother who is uh, curious about human behavior and. Um, what makes us tick and uh, even even just how um, uh, how different things interact like uh, for example like religion and uh, spirituality and mental health and things like that so um, really my favorite podcast is is one that combines those uh, two of those worlds Um, it's called uh, typology which is a enneagram podcast enneagram this thing I'm, i'm sure i'll present about um, but, uh, a, a way of, a way of, uh, guiding how you live. And also, um, the, the host is, uh, Ian Cron and he is both a, a minister and a, uh, a mental health counselor. So that's one of my favorite podcasts. And I guess mine is, a, my list is a little more just like spastic. I don't know if they connect to each other at all. Um, Another one I really like is American Scandal. <laughs> That's more of the human behavior th- side of things. You know, these stories about um, these things that, you know, these situations that humans get themselves into and they just dig deeper and deeper and um, all, all true stories. And he tells it in uh, a narrative 
way that I really like. Um, and then there's this other podcast called Maintenance Phase, which is actually similar to our structure of someone sharing and then the other person kind of reacting. Cool. Um, that one is about um, like the health uh, world, um, health and fitness and um, nutrition and that kind of stuff. But all these, all these fads and all these different things. And yeah. um, so I, I think that's a really, um, not only is it a great structure for a podcast because they're just kind of reacting to these, some of these crazy like celery diet celery <laughs> juice thing um and then another one I, I just like for fun and um because they're really good friends is the office ladies um all right the tv show office and oh, okay. uh, two, cool. two of the stars um uh really good friends and they just share time together on a podcast so i thought that was um a little bit like us yeah 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 cool um yeah, so that's where that's where we came from. Those are our influences, um, and uh, so hopefully, uh, you all out there ha- have listened, and maybe you'll find some new podcasts that way. Um, I, I like that you said that you're interested in um, the, figuring out the way we tick. Maybe you can maybe you can crack you know my skull open and figure out why I'm the woo woo brother. Maybe <laughs> there's something uh, something up there. You can yeah. use me as a you can use me as a case study. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> I don't know how ethical that will be, but um, yeah, yeah, we, you know. we're not concerned with ethics, ethics here. <laughs> yeah, right. At least until we get sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we might yeah. have to be. But and I don't we'll think let, I don't think we're headed. We'll that let direction. them tell us what they want our ethics to be. All right, so it is. Uh, it's time for our first beer review, um, and and we are re- reviewing a special beer. Um, so as as I said earlier, um, I'm I'm in the craft beer industry. I'm part owner and used to be the brewer at wolf hollow brewing company here in upstate new york and um now i'm the salesman there and so what i do is i go around to um bars and restaurants and beverage centers and and uh, check things out and i was at a at a local beverage center and they had a beer there that i had never seen before and it was a familiar name uh the name was yingling and many of you may know yingling but it was in a totally different bottle and it had a different name it wasn't you know their standard um yingling lager which is an just their amber lager this is called yingling premium beer and it's a it's got this cool little red label on it and and um i was like what is this i i had to ask so i asked the guy about it the um the manager of the beverage center went to the brewery in uh pennsylvania and he was, while he was there, he saw these beers and they only had them for sale there. And he said, oh, how do I get, how do I get that? And so he talked to the local distributor and they were able to ship him a, a pallet of this and a pallet of their light version. So next episode, we'll, we'll talk about the light version, but this is the, this is the premium one. <laughs> and, um, and it's their, it's their budget beer line. It's like more budget than Yingling is so it's like the budget of the budget which is like really cool and so it's just a straight up yellow beer and a cool um cool looking bottle with an old school looking label i mean there's not even anything that looks familiar to the yingling on there is it like right, the logo no. the font everything is totally different so it's so funny how um my brain at least has been like trained to look for something on the bottle or, or the can i guess to like tell me what the beer is all about like yeah yeah usually there's that like paragraph tell me this and it starts with you are now holding in your hand yeah this <laughs> this says this so literally sneaky. says <laughs> since 1829 yeah. yingling premium beer that's, that's all, all it, it says you. that's all it tells you it does tell you that it's america's oldest brewery though it does I mean, yeah. they do family hammer, owned they do hammer that point home quite yeah. a bit all right so um 
We got glasses out here. Is this is a twist top too. It's a twist top, so you don't need no fancy way to get in there because when you need your yellow beer, you know you don't want any obstructions. <laughs> And uh, clearly, it is a very filtered beer. I just wish you could see it. It's it's effervescent, bubbly, clear, uh, clear light straw color to it. Um, and and here, let me take your glass for a second so I can clink it in front of my microphone <laughs> and everybody can cheers with us. We should we should post in the show notes what the beer is in case somebody wants to try to go and find it so they can oh, drink yeah. the beer with us. That could be the first picture on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to Yingling Premium Beer. And I was thinking, looking at the label too, it's like, there's something like timeless about it. Like, especially now that like retro looks are kind of back. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's something that like, it'll, it'll never be out of style. This, mm-hmm. this label will always be cool. Yeah. No, and it's, and it's bright and, and it's, um, it's got a fairly crisp finish, a little bit of sweetness. Do you get that? Do you get that little hint of green apple that I'm getting? Are you getting that? You know what? If you if you're saying it, I think I taste things more once you say. Yeah. It, well, so. you're 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 <laughs> the one that can figure that out. I mean, it's a, the clinician in you can tell me, you know, why the power of suggestion works. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely got a little bit of green apple. The, mm-hmm. the beer world term for that is acetaldehyde. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, and it's common in light lagers. Very common. So, but it is very, very clean and drinkable. It's a, it's actually very refreshing too. Mm-hmm. And it's bubbly. Yeah. I'm sorry that it's almost fall because this is a perfect summer beer. Yeah, it is. It is. I've had it um, on the lawnmower and the twist top is nice for that because you can twist it back on a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't get the, the lawnmower dust in your beer, which is, uh, it's always yeah, that was, a that, was a, that was a grandpa trick there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would drink half of it and put it back in yeah. the fridge. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's Yingling Premium Beer. There's not a whole lot more to say about it, but if you see it anywhere, um, Yingling Premium Beer or Yingling Premium Light, I highly recommend it. They're they're fun beers if you like, you know, classic yellow budget beer. It's a good, you know, old school American light lager um, and just a fun beer. So uh, that's your light lager of the week. And uh, we are going to take a little break now and uh, get ready and we'll come back in just a moment and bring you this week's uh, presentation on well you heard it before with uh, with the sixth grader it's going to be materialism and spirituality and how those two things coincide we'll be right back
folks, we are coming back here to the Music of the Spheres podcast, and uh, we've made it to the second segment now, uh, first segment under our belts, and here we are now, segment number two. This is where um, one of us each week, or hopefully it'll be every week, that's kind of the plan, that each, uh, each week one of us will take a few moments and, and present on something that's uh, meaningful to us, or pertinent in our lives, or just something that's interesting um, to us. And so um, I'm going to be presenting tonight. And in the break, I was just talking to I was talking to you about um, how I I made notes for this. And you know, I already mentioned I'm a I'm a preacher. I preach every Sunday um, at at my church, and I never use notes when I preach. Um, I'll study you know for the sermon a little bit, and and then I use what I what I call moves, which are essentially just you know idea high points that you try to get to and you work your way from one to the other so i was kind of struggling with i wanted to make sure i was prepared enough to do this but at the same time i didn't want you know i didn't want it to be overly sterile um but i didn't want to also just ramble around uh you know so yeah so i uh I've got some small notes, which we'll see how that goes, because uh, I don't ever preach with notes, but I feel like there were some things I just wanted to make sure that I got to. And so so here you go. This is my, uh, this is my presentation on um, really what it is, is on, on materialism um, and how materialism has become uh, an overwhelming thing for our culture and society. And I'm not talking about materialism like stuff materialism. Not like, you know, designer handbags and wanting to have a fancy car and being, you know, sort of that keeping up with the Joneses thing of wanting to have the biggest, nicest house. Like, it's not that kind of materialism, not stuff or resources based materialism. More materialism that claims that the physical material world that we see before us is all that there really is. Or, if there are other things, this material physical world is the most important. And it feels to me like we are at a point in our progression of human history. It feels to me that we are at the point where this has been perhaps as great as it has ever been um, in human culture. That maybe this is the most most materialism we've ever experienced as a as a human, uh, just as the human people living here on this earth. And so my, my role here tonight, my job here this evening is to smash materialism. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is what I'm hoping to do. We lit some incense too, but it's a very small room, so we can only burn it for so long before it becomes overwhelming in the room. So I'm putting, putting out the Nag Champa is my favorite. Um, so I, I am here to, uh, to try to present in a way that, that will maybe open both of us up and, and hopefully anybody who's listening, um, to the idea that, you know what, actually there's really so much more to everything than just the material world around us. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to go through some, um, some things that, uh, that I'll share um, just from my personal experience um, and then some things that I've encountered in some, some reading that I've done. Personally speaking, um, I've come to a, a place of experiencing something of a, 
what I term an awakening in my life. And maybe that is what kind of led us to finally getting this podcast across the goal line and, and bringing it into um, some sort of reality. Because uh, sometime in June of this year that, you know, I I kind of woke up from the life that I was living and realized, you know, there can be a much fuller existence than I'm living. And so just a little context about that, um, not to not to share too deeply in episode one or anything, but, you know, we can get into the real nitty gritty stuff when you can, you know, if you can practice your psychotherapy <laughs> on me later, <laughs> but that's more like episode five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a good 30 minutes in before. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but, um, no, I, I, am you know, I'm an owner of a business, a growing business, part owner of a growing business, which has been very demanding. And at the same time, a, a minister, some, you know, a bivocational person. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, maybe many of you folks that are listening that are also bivocational. Um, and you know, those things can really, they can really pull on you. They can really tug you, um, and you kind of get caught up in just what does everything need to keep going, right? What does everything need to keep to keep clicking forward? And so, you know, that tends to drag you into the material space, right? Because it's all resource oriented, you know. Uh, it's all based on getting stuff done um, on time. It's based mm-hmm. on having a, having enough of whatever particular resources to do the things that you need to do. And it can kind of really overwhelm you. And, I, and I'm, you know, I guess I'm talking even more on just the, even more than just the kind of, oh, we're all really busy thing. You know, it's, it's that where is your vision and where is your focus and what is it that you are you sort of setting your eyes and your mind on in your day-to-day life. And I think it's very easy in the culture that we live in for that to become something that is just material, right? We just have to make sure we have all the stuff, you know, that we need or all the things that we need or all of the resources that we need. And it, and I think it's something that really can be of a detriment to a, a life. I think you can, you can lose sight of things that are important. You can lose, um, you can lose sight of, of how you care for the relationships in your life. You can lose sight of how you care for your own self and your own growth and your own, you know, being in the world, right? And it can become a very, I guess, uncomfortable place to to exist in. And um, and so I kind of had this, you know, this. <laughs> It's a, no, there was no moment, but it was a, a season in life earlier this year where I was just, you know, I, I think there's a richer life. And I think there's a more rich existence. And it's funny, this kind of talk coming from somebody who's a minister who like <laughs> preaches this stuff to people all the time, you know? Um, and it's one of those things where it's, it, it, it kind of was like, Hey, you know, how about just for once you practice what you preach a little, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like my thing. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, this is what's kind of led me to this place of wanting to explore all this stuff more fully, you know, mm-hmm. these, the podcasts that I described before all the topics that I'm interested in, it's always been, I think I said this before, a passive engagement, you know, using it as entertainment, right. While I'm driving around in the sales van, you know, yeah. to have a plan. 
so that I, you know, it's entertaining to me, right? But there's actual real learning there, you know? The people that I've listened to on, on the various podcasts I mentioned before are, it's a wealth of actual, not even just knowledge and wisdom, but human experience, you know, and what that means. And one of the, one of the points that I have, that I have found in all of it is this idea that there is more to our reality than what we actually think is real. Right. Like we say, we say things are real, right? Like, you know, the classic example is a table or a chair. You know, that's that's real. It's it's just this nuts and bolts thing that sits there in front of us, right? This is a common, you know, a, a common um, illustration. But really, even just, you know, just plain atomic level science, um, which now is just plain atomic level science, you know, because there's so much more crazy stuff going on in the world of science. But even that will tell us that, it's not really what it seems, you know, just that whole idea of you think this table is solid wood, but no, it's just a whole bunch of empty space, you know, uh, with, and, and really what's there is, is energy, right? Because it's the energy that, that are in those, uh, atoms that, that cause the form to look like it does and, and feel like it does and behave like it does to us. But really it's, it's just a whole bunch of energy interacting in certain ways, you know, and, and, um, and so that has kind of led me into this place of, you know, this, this energy thing is actually real, right? Um, you know, there's like, there's this, it's a common example. I've used it actually a couple of times when I'm, when I'm preaching is, you know, we say like, oh, energy fields and stuff. And that starts to sound kind of woo woo, you know, <laughs> talk about like raising my energy. Right. I, you know, at first to me, that did seem a little bit out there, a little absurd. The idea that I have, you know, these energy fields. But then I thought about it and I was like, wait a second. Even my dog and especially my family can tell when I walk in the house and I'm all kinds of cranky from, you know, oh, yeah. some sort of a bad day or something like sure. that, I don't have to say a word and I may not even be like scowling or frowning, you know, but there's just a sense mm-hmm. in that space, ooh, something's not right here, right? And um, and I think that that's, you know, I, in, to put it in more woo-woo terms, my aura, right, is is right. this, is, it's out of balance, it's, uh, it's, it's shaded to a certain direction on the spectrum, right? And so that's actually very real because yeah. it's an experience that people have. But it's one of those things that's it's less measurable, right? So therefore it's not quite as it's not quite as easy to study or whatever, right? right? And so um there's this idea that has been a, a part of my whole life, my whole existence of this sense, this sort of like that it's floating around back behind my head somewhere that there's all this more to everything you know that that exists and so i think that's maybe one of the reasons i became a minister right because i thought sure. like okay well they're going to teach me how to like do cool you know sacred stuff <laughs> and you know, i'll learn how to do communion and baptisms and stuff and i can like you know call down the spirit right like lo- uh, harness yeah the, uh, right. the energies yeah, yeah yeah and so just this idea of like you know there's there's more to it and i can crack into that knowledge and to to a degree you know my experience at seminary which was ours we went to seminary together um my experience at seminary was was very much a part of that 
you know, like there was some stuff there, which was kind of mind blowing and, and opens you up to it. But then, you know what, like a church and, and I, I just want to put this out on, on to the, the podcast. So it's there that whenever I talk about the church, I'm talking about the broader church, not the yeah, one that I serve just in case, any the, specific church, just yeah. in case there are any parishioners listening. I'm not, you know, I'm not banging on you guys if I'm talking about right. the, you know, the church in general, but, but the church itself is an organization, right? And in an organization, you know, there's always the, the material always seeps its way in to organizational life, right? We call it organizational politics or whatever, but it's, it's this kind of idea that the organization needs to sustain itself, you know? And so it brings in all this material stuff. Um, and so that's one of the experiences that I've had is that the broader church, you know, has, has issues and they, they tend to, you know, even just the denomination that we're a part of tends to mire itself in, in sort of, uh, current day political stuff and, and sort of let that derail this deeper understanding mm-hmm. that we could be working towards. Right. Um, but you see it in, in small local churches as well, you know, squabbling over different things that happens in every community really. So, so the church has this aspect of, you know, <laughs> kind of sometimes letting the material take it over too, which is funny because it's like, wasn't the church supposed to be the spiritual place, right? right? You know, that helps us to kind of get, get a broader perspective. And, and a lot of times that happens. Right. Uh, and I think we were talking about the pandemic before. Um, and if any of our listeners, you know, have a similar experience it was this process of all these things where we did stuff together as a community got dissolved right Mm -hmm. and you're doing stuff alone and watching things on streaming and whatever and and i remember this sense of people when they would come back to church in person after the pandemic was over this just this sense of oh my goodness, it's actually really meaningful to be here together in person, right? Yeah. And what is that? That's the energy we were talking about before, mm-hmm. right? It's, that's the, that's that feeling someone else's presence, you know? Um, and this is a psychological thing, which maybe you know more about, but there's something about the way that, that minds interact with each other where they actually regulate one another, you know? That people spending time together, their minds actually start to, sync together in ways and they they regulate one another and and help sort of the emotional landscape to to even out i think the same thing happens with our with our energy fields when when we're together Mm -hmm. as people so i do think that there is this place of like hope in the church um but it's uh it's just it's very rarely articulated in our culture because everything is so materialistic right everything is about the outer world, the physical world, that which we can touch, that's that which we can visually see with our open eyes. I'm not talking about seeing with your third eye. I'm talking about visually <laughs> seeing with your open eye. Like we're so focused on that material space yeah. that we exist in that it's very difficult to actually articulate this broader realm in which we exist. And so it's like the you know the church could be the place where that happens but a lot of times it doesn't you know and so i guess that's why we have a podcast so we can like (laughs) you know hope to like get to some of those spaces right where where that's um you know where that's uh where that's something that we can articulate better 
I think is what I'm hoping for, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's why I'm, that's why I, I chose this for the first thing. Cause I really want, I really want this to be a central theme of, of, of what we do is, is looking, you know, at the world with a, with a bigger lens that captures more and, and leaves room for more. Right. You know? And, yeah. I like that, uh, that I, that I guess idea of leaving room for more, um, or like trying to attune ourselves to be more present to like what's beyond like the first time we did communion as a congregation the first time back i don't know if it was like last fall or something um that was like the most choked up i've ever been Mm -hmm. and i think i mean it was it was just like seeing the people and you know we were singing this communion song that we did in seminary and it was it was all very, <laughs> the melody's beautiful and it was all yeah. very overwhelming for me. But it was also like the energy of them, like physically there and how, like something beyond the, the physical was, um, you know, happening around us. Yeah. So I just, I thought of that as you were talking about like the energies yeah. and the, just being attuned to trying to like, yeah, get, get beyond what's what's there yeah yeah get beyond just that that material physical thing in front of you yeah. you know and that's really i mean the traditional meaning in the church of of communion and this would be an interesting episode too would be to talk about like where the church you know sort of built its communion practices on you know that the ritual that jesus practiced with the disciples was not the first one of its kind right jesus was actually doing something that that right. was present in other cultures in a similar way, right? Maybe not exactly the same thing, but it's, so it's kind of, that would be a neat topic for another <laughs> time too. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely in that, in that moment and in that space, um, there's so many other things happening, right? And it, it's easy to get caught up in the cognitive of it when you're in a ritual like that. I'm supposed to think this right now mm-hmm. when I do this thing, Right. But what if you're not supposed to think at all? What if it's not about what your brain is processing? Yeah. You know, what if there's other levels of your being that are engaged there, you know? And mm-hmm. that can be that can be so so spirit opening, mm-hmm. you know, to have an experience like that. Um so the next thing that I wanted to go to is I, I have a um this book that I've been I have not read the whole thing. I am partway through because there's some practices in the book that I that I want to review better before I start to try them and finish the book. Um, but it's a, it's a book by Dean Radin. Um, and many of you have heard Dean Radin and I, I, I encountered Dean Radin first on the Grimerica podcast show. And, uh, it's his book called real magic and, uh, you can find it. Harmony books is the publisher. And um, we would, I would recommend highly that you, you pick it up. But the, the reason that I wanted to share a little bit from this book is that he goes through this um, this fantastic stuff in the beginning of the book about um, what he's talking about in in this book is is magic, like you know, doing magical stuff. But he's what he's really because he's a he's a trained psychotherapist, you know, like a clinical psychotherapist. So mm-hmm. he he knows how to set up experiments with control in a in a lab setting where the yeah. results can be very clearly measured. His whole approach. <clears throat> excuse me his whole approach is to is to take a um to take a scientific uh method 
into studying things that are more esoteric, you know, so things like remote viewing, you know, or things like um, preparing uh, or or looking for synchronicities or being able to manifest something in your life, even if something as simple as I found a $5 bill, you know, walking down the road, but to be able to manifest that. So he talks about different ways that you can use your psyche or your energy or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever your being is made up of to do that. Uh, So that's what the book is about. It's, it's about his, his process of actually studying this. Um, But the neat part is he goes through this little history of uh, magic in the world you know and and it's fascinating like magic is a part of everyone's life just think about it right like so many of the the books and novels we read or the television shows or that we love or the movie series you know they all have to do with magic you know so many of them it's a it, it always gets sort of skirted off into that you know fantasy, fantasy category right. you know like fantasy oh, it doesn't exist because it's fantasy right but um, but it's such an interwoven part of humanity mm-hmm. and so, every ancient culture I mean if you look back every ancient culture has you know a, either a shamanistic tradition or you know some sort of you know medicine healers or people that that would work with the ancestral spirits you know it was it's a common theme through pretty much all of human history especially if you look back at, at ancient stuff right and it's only with the rise of of sort of the the modern scientific approach which is slowly eroding actually according to dean radin in the book it's only with that um, that that part of human culture has been pushed off to this place where it's on the fringe, hmm. right? It was it never was for so long. The you know magic what we think of as magical woo woo practices were a part of everyday human life for the vast majority of human history. You know we know that our our couple thousand years that you know we think of as sort of the modern era or whatever. We know that's just a, a small drop in the bucket of, yeah. of the vastness of all human history. And so this uh, book goes through some of the some of the things and he doesn't cover it all, but I'm just going to hit a couple of high points. Um, right. He's going to show he's going to show in, in what I'm going to read here a couple of ways that uh, magic kind of got squashed by <laughs> by humanity. Um, and I think it's kind of what has gotten us to where we are now, where it's a fringe topic, you know, where right. this this other realm that exists around us all the time that has to do with with energies and has to do with the way our consciousness works all of that it has kind of gotten pushed to this like oh you're a little weird if you like that stuff <laughs> you know right. if you're into that stuff it's a little weird so um i'm going to pick up at the middle ages he, he goes through a history he starts more ancient than that but i don't have time to go through everything <laughs> And he's a little witty here. Uh, To further tarnish the image of the early Middle Ages as a desirable travel destination for future time travelers, during that period, the Catholic Church's tolerance of magic rapidly dissipated as church leaders clamped down on the widespread popularity of pagan beliefs. Um, So he's going to go in and talk about the Inquisition, right? To kind of wipe out. And, you know, uh, once again, just to, you know, this is about the ancient Catholic Church, not anything about our our modern day <laughs> siblings in the Catholic Church. This is just an ancient thing. Um, well, ancient Catholic Church thing. Um, but he talks about the Inquisition and he says this, hundreds of thousands of people 
perhaps as many as a million were arrested, tortured, and killed at the hands of the Inquisition. These horrific acts forced esoteric interests deep underground, and the cultural memory of the terror associated with being declared deviant because of one's ideas or belief continues to affect us today. You know, and, and that's, this is more in, in your realm, you know, the little wounds, you know, early in life can really oh, yeah. harm a person mm -hmm. in their growth and development. Same thing for societies and cultures, right? A, a culture experiencing something like this, it's, it's a, one of those scars that kind of resonates through the history. Now, this is only, you know, what, seven or 800 years ago, yeah. right? And, but yeah, those scars can be uh, generation passed down. Right? right. Generation to generation, so. Yeah, so here we have this, you know, this wiping out of this whole part of human history in, by a very large and powerful organization uh, that, that had then taken this and, and pressed it into this space of, of fringeness where to that point it wasn't, you know, um, or maybe it started to erode a little bit before that, but largely to that point in human history it was, and I, I will even argue later that much of the church the early church was actually formed on some of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'll mention it later. I'm getting distracted. <laughs> See, preaching so with notes. excited. You get, I, yeah, get, I, know. I, get, I, get, I get excited. Um, okay, so then he um, he comes up to the to the Renaissance, um, and uh, he's going to get into um, Hermes, um, Hermes Trismegistus, right? Hermes, which means Hermes three times great. He was a, a Greek. Um, essentially a, a part of the Greek pantheon um, mm -hmm. and uh, also known as Mercury or Thoth, if you look, look back at that. Um, but he kind of explains um, what the cosmological understanding that would have been hermetic or coming from Hermes um, is about. It says this, hermetic cosmology contends that reality consists of a single universal consciousness known by many names, the one mind, the divine, the Tao, Brahman, Allah, God, Source, and so on. Um, and so there's this understanding that there is this, there's this overarching element of, we'll call it here creation, but this overarching element of creation that is a part of, of the whole realm. It's, it's, it's something that is present everywhere, right? Now, this isn't so far off to and this is where i'm going to get into early church stuff this isn't so far off from the idea of of baptism you know in, in the christian church right that we acknowledge in this this sacred act of baptism that the holy spirit is present in the life of an individual but also the life of a community and the life of a church and and everybody around it and what do we see that's that holy spirit is the spark of the divine right it's mm -hmm. it's present there you know, in, and we say in you, we say in me, we say in us, it's, it's here. The spirit is, is with us, you know, and it's gathered around. And, but this hermetic idea is not really far off from that, that this divine source, God source, God energy is a part of all of creation. You know, it's, 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 it's with us all. And so the, it's a part of everything then, right? It's a part of stuff, but it's also a part of our our energies and our emotions. It's part of our, our psyches and how we think and feel through the world. And it also goes back to um, the creation story where it says, you know, in the, uh, in, in the creation story, 
and we are created in the image of God. And I remember a particular thing in seminary where they talked about being created in the image of God is like this idea that, that we are, the human part of creation is like a reflection, right? Like it's a, it's a reflection of God to the creation. So the creation, you know, can experience some bit of God, uh, you know, in present within itself, but also that it reflects back as well, you know, uh, from the creation back up to God Mm -hmm. through the human part of creation. Right. So we're created in the image of God. So that means we have this like kind of God stuff, you know, that we're made out of. Right. Well, Adam is what, uh, got the breath of, you know, became through the breath of God. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, God spoke. We were talking about this before, right? Yeah. God speaks words like we're doing here. Maybe, maybe not quite so eloquently as uh, the divine creator of the universe, but you know, the author of Genesis. Yeah. God spoke, and it was right. There was this speaking power, and that that brought to life, and that's that's something the logos is through all of of human history and philosophy. So this idea um, is that there is this, and what. Uh, Dean Radin calls it is the big C consciousness, right? So it's this consciousness that, that then envelops everything. Mm. It's the God consciousness, right? But because, and this is the cool part, because we are given a little spark of that, right? We have each like our own little, little C consciousness that mm-hmm. Dean Radin, this is, this is his terminology, the big C, little C, okay. that we have the little C consciousness, right? Which is connected to the big C, right? So our, you know, being, our consciousness, our energy, our to be woo-woo, our auric field or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that that is connected to all things. And this actually fits with like quantum science, right? Because we know about quantum entanglement that can happen between particles, right? That they can be separated by miles, time zones, light years the theory says that it can be separated and they can still communicate mm. at an instant, you know, with no time passing, uh, to, to change the spins or whatever, if I'm getting that correct, maybe an emailer can clear us up on that if I'm <laughs> off, but, but quantum entanglement teaches us that, right. And something that's a, kind of mysterious to us because we don't know what the mode of that is, but maybe that mode is this big C consciousness, this, this thread of, of divine within the creation that links everything together. And so, you know, his whole book is like, well, you can actually kind of tap into this too, you know, and you can experience it and and kind of, yeah. um, So going on to, to sort of get us to where we are now, hermeticism was, this is continuing quoting from, from Dean Radin's book. Hermeticism was considered heretical by the church because it asserts that all humans have an inherent spark of divine power within us. Isn't that funny that that they would consider that heretical at the time, Hmm. you know? But it was that idea of the God stuff is only attainable through, you know, priests in the church or whatever, which, you know, that changed a little bit with the Reformation. Yeah. Um, But he says that is we have godlike abilities because the little C is a part of the big C. As a result, from the Hermeticist's perspective, there were no special benefits conferred by following someone else's dogma. Because each each of us could achieve enlightenment on our own, and um, so that was um, that was why this is uh, you know this was something that was considered heretical by the church is this idea that you know everybody can have a little bit of God power, mm-hmm. but 
I think that kind of happened at Pentecost too. I mean, you think about that, right? Oh yeah. The tongues of flame, right? These divine tongues as of fire, says the scripture, that alighted on the heads of the disciples and, and it gave them power, mm-hmm. right? And it gave them the ability to do things. And what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, if you have faith, you know, you can do anything. You can move mountains. You can, you can heal. You can, you can cast out demons. You can, you know, and we all, like we church people, <laughs> Think of that stuff and be like, oh, there's this good like mental lesson in there that I can learn from that, you know? But what if it's real, right? What if it really is a real thing that you can control something about the material world through your faith and through your belief and through your willpower and through your connection to this big C that we've all been given? So hmm. um, I just have a couple other things that I wanted to get to uh, of Dean Radin before I'll close with a couple of uh, examples in my own life. I thought you would like this because <laughs> we're getting into Jungian stuff. I don't know Ooh. how much Jung you've, you've Carl studied. Jung, yeah. yeah. Carl Gustav Jung. Um, so he was, uh, this is in the section where, where Dean Radin is talking about the information age and kind of what has come from that. Um, and he gives some some contributors to the understanding of, of this. Um, the fifth important contributor to modern esoteric thought was Swiss psychiatrist Carl Gustav Jung. Jung's symbolic analysis of alchemy, his concept of synchronicity, his dialogues about the relationships between mind and matter with quantum physicist Wolfgang Pauli, and his long fascination with mythological and archetypal influences all countered the scientific trend towards disenchanting the world. Scholars have noted that Jung's process of depth psychology could be compared to the processes of transformation and initiation of the ancient mystery schools and that Jung was well aware of and exploited that relationship. So he was like tapping into the ancient mystery schools in his, his work of actual like depth psychology, hmm. you know, so, and he was into that stuff. And I love that one, that one line that, that, um, Dean Radin here is a quote. I think it's a, might be a quote cause it's got a note on it, but, um, his, his long fascination with mythological and archetypal influences all countered the scientific trend towards disenchanting the world. So that's what, you know, that's what Dean Radin's talking about here is this idea that, um, that what started with the church and then sort of grew into the Renaissance and then the industrial revolution and all of that kind of put science into this place of, of studying the material world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and setting this other stuff kind of off to the side, you know, and saying, oh, this is just kind of fringy. We, we, we don't, you right. know, we don't study that. And, and Dean Radin is always just saying over and over again, well, the reason they study it, cause it was hard <laughs> to measure, you know? And so that's why he's working so hard to try mm-hmm. to create ways to actually come up with some quantifiable things to measure in this realm. But this disenchanting of the world has happened and we live in it. It's like our life now is this disenchanted world and it's sad. Yeah. Right? Because the world is so much more beautiful and so much more captivating and wonderful and there's so much other stuff. Just think about like oh, I mean you last time that you just um took a took a walk or you or you're going for a paddle or, high, or just being out in in God's creation and you get a sense of goodness and well-being that is not explainable mm-hmm. other than that you're there right that you're alive or right. you're breathing or you're experiencing this place that you've been you know given to enjoy in creation right like there's this like 
element of yeah so that's probably another episode there's um <laughs> uh there's a book called the nature fix which mm-hmm. studies um i don't know if you've heard of that studies how um you know whether it's long-term illness or being out in yeah nature um the just the positive effects that yeah. can have on you yeah and it's like it's hard to measure right like yeah. you're saying right it's one of those things that's not as easily quantifiable right mm-hmm. Um, so the the last thing um, is that uh, he ends this particular chapter with the idea that we're we're actually coming into a time and place where we're getting a little bit more of um, of an engagement with this side of the world from scientific yeah. community, which is awesome. Um, but he says uh, he's quoting a, a, about a, a particular person, Patrick Dunn, um, and he says this. This is Dean Radin quoting Patrick Dunn. If reality at an even more fundamental level than the quantum level is symbolic in nature, then manipulating symbol systems manipulates the semiotic web and therefore manipulates reality. And this points to why symbolism is so important in all organizations. You know, I mean, church, obviously we, we think about that a lot being ministers, right? The symbol of the cross is mm-hmm. in every church. Uh, but, but think of all the other symbols that are in the church. In our church, I think about the, of these small stained glass windows and they, there's different things, you know, there's a, there's a dove with an olive branch from the Noah and the Ark story. There's mm-hmm. of course loaves and, and, uh, bread and wine for communion. And there's a lamb, you know, and all the symbolism, but you think symbolism is all over the world, right? Every company has a logo. Right? Yeah, it's their right. symbol. Every sports team has a mascot. You know, uh-huh. this this is all symbolism, and it and it actually does impact the world, right? You see a logo for a certain team, and you love it. I asked you about that one hat you had, and I said, "Are you a fan of that team?" And you're like, "No, I just like the loon on the logo." <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it's like that that symbol impacted your reality. Right. Sure. And that's like, that's the way. And so there's a sense that you can also, you can manipulate reality physically. Clearly we know that I can say, I want to learn how to build a chair and I can watch a YouTube video and learn how to build a chair and get the materials and make a chair. But you can also maybe manipulate the world from the other side too. You know, that you can come at it from that, that more, that, that deeper symbolic realm and that that would make an impact. So that's what I had from Dean Radin, and I wanted to share that stuff because it's he's fascinating to me, and it's really some cool stuff. So I just have a, a few things I wanted to share of my own personal experience. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, m- myself, recently have been getting into some spiritual practices of my own. This idea of I want to have a better understanding of the fuller realm that we all exist in has led me to this place of I need to do these spiritual practices, you know, so that they, so that they can help me to get to a place of, um, you know, under maybe, maybe trying to understand this greater realm a little bit. So, um, two things recently have happened, um, in, in my life. I've started engaging with some of the practices from, uh, Damien Eccles book, uh, high magic, the spiritual practices, I uh, can't think of the subtitle completely, spiritual practices that I used to survive when I was on death row. 
So this is another person that I heard interviewed on the Grimerica podcast. So another big shout out to those guys for interviewing <laughs> really fascinating people. Um, and maybe we'll have an interview here on this podcast sometime. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool if we if we connect with people or or even if um, listeners in, you know invite us to check somebody out. That might be a good interview. But um, I started engaging in some of these practices. He's, he uses spiritual practices to, um, to kind of connect with, um, to connect with nature, to connect with his breath, um, to connect with his own energy and to start to manipulate that a little bit. And um, it's been pretty cool. So I've been meditating every day. I meditate in the morning right after I wake up. It's the first thing I do. And then last thing I, before I go to bed is I meditate again. And I'll start with some breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. And I have my eyes closed the whole time. Um, and then I'll start um, using visualization during the breathing exercises. And I'll visualize exactly kind of what I was just talking about. This idea of connecting into this divine energy that's all around us. You know, in, in our faith tradition, we call it God by the power of the Holy Spirit, present with and among and within all of us. It's the same spirit that was blessed to the early church so that they could go out and, you know, cast out demons in Jesus's name. But we can also, you know, understand it as a much broader mm-hmm. thing as well, right? So so I, I, I'll do these breathing exercises and I'll actually envision divine light coming and, and being a part of me, right? Which... I preach about all the time. <laughs> How many children's messages have I given where I talk to the kids <laughs> about the Holy Spirit is present within you and it's present within all these people in the congregation. And it's more than an idea. Yeah. Right? It's it's more it's not just it's not just cognitive. It's not just something that some synapses fire in yeah. in my mushy gray matter and and that makes me a little smarter. Right. You know, it's actually a real thing. When but in we, that in that moment, you almost are forced into a a cognitive sensibility though because mm-hmm. of i mean that's generations of tradition passed on yeah. where preachers are teaching something yeah right which is a very cognitive thing yeah yeah exactly it's a it's a te- teaching right it's a rather than a guiding through an experience mm-hmm. right which maybe that's something we can we can also talk about that. <laughs> like, we already got several ideas, so we maybe we can make it past seven episodes. But um, so, what, ha- what? One of the things I wanted to share a couple things that happened. So, I, I one of his exercises we, invites you to actually try to call energy that you can feel, and I have gotten actually better at this. You know, at first during this exercise, you're supposed to feel energy between your palms. You know, and at first mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think. You know, it's psychosomatic. But if it's psychosomatic, you know, that's even something too, right? Because right. now it's my it's psyche, real. right? Yeah. Right now it's my psyche influencing the physical world. So psychosomatic stuff even is, you know, sort of this manipulation of the material through something other than mm-hmm. material, right? Um, but uh, I've gotten to the point now where I sometimes, when I'm working on this practice, the feeling of the energy between my palms comes without me even trying. Like the stuff is happening on its own now, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've been practicing for a little while. It's just like anybody learning an instrument, all right, or or learning a new language, right, or or a subject. Right? You get a little bit better as you go, and and it, you get more in tune. And there was a time when I with with my eyes closed, I was watching between 
my pops was with my third eye. And now we're getting woo woo. I, I was like watching with my third eye this this energy stream between my palms, and I could I could see like everything was dark in my main vision, right? But but it was like these white strands that connected through my palms, and I was surprised when I saw that there were smaller, less bright strands connecting my fingers. And now I'm like, whoa, that, that just did something that I didn't expect. So I couldn't have, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't visualize that and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So it happened. And then so another time I was thinking about drawing in this, you know, God energy, um, that we all bear and divine love. And, and then I saw, <laughs> I saw hearts. You know, it's like, what is that? You know, <laughs> okay. So, you know, either it's my subconscious is really getting excited about this, you know, hey, we get to play, you know, right? Yeah. Or this stuff is, you know, it's got some, some semblance of reality to it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, uh, that was really cool. And then there's another exercise that I just recently started, which really gets into that image of God thing, right? That we are that mirror between God mirroring to creation and creation mirroring back to God, um, where you actually, envision yourself somewhere between the realm of heaven and the realm of earth and you envision the you know sort of this heaven energy coming through you and connecting you to the to the earth and it's grounding you know and it's powerful and so that's been that's been a wonderful thing the other thing is and this is the last thing before i close so that's what a preacher says to try to keep people from leaving <laughs> Or to wake up. Or and, yes. Uh, oh yeah. It's almost time for a song. <laughs> um, so uh, I recently started doing yoga, which I think I told you about yeah. in another conversation. Yeah. Um, but has been amazing. Um, it's very spiritual for me. It's uh, it's been great for my physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more limber. I'm in better shape. I'm getting stronger. I'm noticing like parts of my body that were weak before you find when you do yoga <laughs> you find the yeah, weak parts they, yeah. the weak bits they pop come up out fast yeah. yeah so i i um i've been getting stronger but but the, the spiritual aspect of it has been phenomenal and there's um there's three things that have happened in meditations that i wanted to share with you because they also kind of bring in this other realm of experience i was at a it was my second day of doing yoga i was at a yin yoga session and um, a big shout out to the Inner Bliss uh, Yoga Studio in Schenectady, uh, New York. If you're anywhere nearby, go. They're fantastic people, wonderful community, and um, and they have great instructors and, and great classes. Um, but uh, I was in a yin yoga session, which is a very slow-paced, long holding of poses meant to really kind of stretch out the the whole s- system and also the spirit. And it ended with a with a beautiful. Um, meditation on uh the chakras and um and it was focusing on channeling energy through the crown chakra down through the other chakras and so there will be a whole episode on chakras because i'm absolutely fascinated by this plus it's pretty fun to say yes who doesn't want to say chakra (laughs) it's like salsa (laughs) great word um and so uh it was the weirdest thing. I'm laying on my mat and she's going through this and she's given, it's a visualization, eyes closed. She's got music playing and she's talking about visualizing this rod of, of light and energy coming in through your crown chakra. And then, and then it would travel to each one and kind of, you know, engage each chakra as it went. And then it went back, you know, it went back the other way. And, um, I remember at the end of that, 
my the top of my head had such a sensation that I felt like oh I must have I must have set my because you use these little blocks in yoga sometimes mm-hmm. I must have set a block on my head like I thought the like laying down I thought the block was pressing up against the top of my head as I was laying there so much so like the sensation around my skull and the top of my head was so engaged that I felt like something was there to the point where I reached up to move this block I was like this is <laughs> and all I got was nothing yeah I didn't touch anything it was and you know, I wasn't even focusing on that, right. right? I was following the visualization that she was giving me to the other chakras. And here is this like sensation somewhere else in my body, right? So that was one. Yeah, I did another meditation where um, I was invited to, you know, to use my third eye to go down and look at my heart chakra. And I went down there and, you know, the, the color of the heart chakra is green in um, the uh, Eastern traditions. And so I sort of saw this green space and then I could see it like open up and there's like a little cave <laughs> kind of went in and then like I got really emotional down there in my heart chakra. And if anybody knows me, they know how emotional I am in my heart chakra, but I wept like crazy in that. And then the last one was this experience of doing a meditation and uh, thinking about you make the, the shape of the lotus with your hands and you hold it just in front of your face like this and I might get emotional if I do it again but you look at your thumbs and you kind of hold your hands in the shape of a, an open flower with your pinkies touching and your thumbs touching and your other fingers just kind of spread out like flowers of a petal petals of a flower and uh, and then you just and you just look at the tips of your thumbs for like six eight ten minutes and that's all you do sitting there and the idea is to focus on beauty and inner beauty um, and outer beauty and because it's a symbol of a beautiful mm-hmm. flower. Yeah. And I, you know, going into it in a cognitive place, I'm like, well, I can sit here and look at my thumbs for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've sat and looked at other stuff for way longer than six minutes. I can do this just fine, you know? And then about halfway through, I just started crying. It became so emotional to look at this symbol of beauty that was made with my physical self as a representation and a reflection of this deeper beauty that is present in me, right? This this other stuff, Dean Radin would call it the big C. Mm-hmm. The Christian tradition would call it the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, other more esoteric traditions would call it, you know, the great spirit or the divine source energy or, but it's it's there. It's a real thing. It's not, it's not just ideas right. that we think about. It's not just symbols that teach a, a cognitive lesson, right? There is a greater reality. So I, I'm just going to kind of finish by saying, I think there's actually, <laughs> I think reality is actually more real than what we see. What we see is not as real as what is what is the actual reality because some of the things that i have experienced recently and some of the things that i've been reading point to this idea that the real realm is actually much greater than what we experience now and so yes i want to squash materialism (laughs) because (laughs) because not that there's anything wrong with material you know The, the material world is beautiful and it's very useful and our understanding of it and and our manipulation of it is wonderful but there is so much more 
to existence. There's so much more to our our life, um, our our emotions, our spirituality, uh, our our just moving through every day, our relationships. Almost all of our relationships happen on that other level, right? You know, yeah. like the love that you have for somebody, right? You can't. Mm-hmm. You can symbolize it in a lot of ways. You know, you can give people flowers or cards or you can do something nice for them. Those are all symbolic representations of something that you can't otherwise explain or display. And so it it really is a part of every bit of our human life. And I really hope that we, as 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 a people, wake up to that. And so that's my hope for for this first episode of the of the music of the spheres podcast is that we would would invite people into that place even if it's just to dabble a little bit and and to and to explore it i am just now starting and it's you know i'm only about six weeks into doing some of these practices (laughs) and it's been absolutely soul opening yeah and i i hope more people can have experiences like that so there you have it. That's that's what I got for you <laughs> tonight. So I saw you taking some notes. So I think we'll take a little break and we'll come back and see if there's any uh, anything we want to discuss, sure. any questions that came up. And yeah. and uh, if there's anybody listening and you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to pop them into an email and we'll uh, we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. So we'll be uh, we'll be right back after just a short break. Digest a little bit of what we heard and make sense of it. I know I was, uh, you know, you said I was taking some notes. I was, and um, eventually, though, I just kind of put the notebook down and realized, uh, you know, maybe I don't need to take notes. It's it's more of a uh, just kind of experiencing what the other person is is saying, and um, you know, you're you're sharing pretty deeply, which I thought was refreshing i didn't know exactly what to expect right this being the first time we're doing it so um i i appreciated that you know because i mean we are brothers so it's um it's nice to be able to have people you can share with uh in that way and it it got me thinking the kind of the overarching um thought i had was um Maybe we've gotten into this pattern, just humans in general, of um, whatever sort of metaphor you want, putting ourselves in boxes, putting barriers around not only like ourselves, but like our entire 
lives. Um, just kind of closed off to, or, or living in just very specific ways, um, following a set of rules that, that we've either placed on our lives or the culture has placed on our lives or our families or our traditions or whatever it is. Um, and, and that kind of like closing us off to, um, other parts of life that I, I think were, you know, we're meant and we were created to experience like part of the, the big thing I say as also as a pastor is like, if God created us, then, then we're like really, there's a lot of great things about us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I say um, that a lot. God doesn't make mistakes. Right. Right. But then, but then just this past week, this is totally an aside. So I hope I don't derail you, but no, no, just this past week I was preaching on, uh, the Noah, Noah's Ark story, yeah. you know? And it's like, uh, God, you really, you really mucked up the whole first creation that bad. That you had like, right. just like okay, <laughs> let's try again. And the one commentary I was reading was like, and "What do you think happened to all the fish? You can't kill fish by drowning them." <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great that's, idea. That's very funny. That's a good question. But yes, this is you know that's that's the way. Yeah, yeah, if if God is who we proclaim God to be, right? And, and you know, or again, take your your version of that, you know, divine energy or whatever it might be. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't muck things up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's yeah. So yeah, you're right. We are we are pretty, you know, we're we're good stuff if we're God stuff. Yeah, right? and I think we I think we know that, which I think is is why the the idea of putting putting boundaries or barriers up is maybe causes so much pain for us, mm. uh, for the human race. Cause, uh, it's almost like it's contrary to our created nature. Right. Yeah. Right? Like we weren't meant to, we weren't, we weren't meant to just live, you know, like uh, Madonna, is it in a material world? Right? <laughs> we weren't yeah. meant for that. Was right? that Madonna? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's Madonna. But yeah. somebody can correct us. <laughs> we'll see if we have a listener that's familiar with Madonna songs. But, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's um, when you were saying that, it actually, um, I yeah, I, I I like that idea of we are not we're not meant to live that way, right? Like, I, and and I've experienced that personally speaking and and I maybe you have too you know when you when you kind of get shoved into that materialist existence you know of like I was describing early on in, in my segment it was like when you get when you get placed into that by whatever circumstances in life or culture society whatever you want to call it you get this sense of like eh, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing or how I'm supposed to be living or, or really more than that, you know, cause that even is kind of materialist in a way really it's more, I'm not living into what I was created to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that can, that can be challenging. And when you were talking about that, I, I wrote down a little note myself. I figure it's my turn to take notes now. So <laughs> I wrote, um, it's easier to understand life in a box and that's very clear, right? Yeah. That's what we all try to do as human beings. We look around and it's confusing chaos, you know, like right from the moment of birth what's the first thing a baby does is cry, right? Like, well, I'm here now, (laughs) you know, and and then from that moment forth, you know, from the birth moment on, we are trying to 
make sense of the world. Yeah. Life and ourselves. And how do we do that? We categorize things, right? It's, it's this easy, easy way. You know, it's like it's like when you're cleaning up a messy desk, you start to sort, you know, these piles go here and it and it puts things in an order and it allows us to understand it. And so we do like that, like getting ourselves into a box because it's easier. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, looking at things in this other way, there's an invitation there for us to look at for us to look at getting outside of those boxes we mm-hmm. place ourselves in as actually a, a better way of understanding yeah. where we are, who we are, what life is really about. Like there's more stuff outside of that that would actually inform us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I haven't gotten there yet in some of the, some of the spiritual practices I was talking about before, but right. But there's this, in some of the readings and listening to folks on different, you know, shows and, things that I've been following people talk about how as you go through these practices of of you know understanding the spiritual world a little bit more as you go through those practices you actually get begin to be guided through it just by that realm Mm -hmm. you know and so it it does maybe invite you into this greater sense of who we are and I would say just just even starting them you know if you haven't perfected them or whatever you said um just just starting them is a signal to yourself that the ambivalence of you know i've, I've gotten comfortable in my box i don't want to be in my box but this is the only box i've ever known <laughs> um the right the ambivalence toward getting out of the box is is for with with your example of trying these new things you know yoga and meditation you've you said i don't want to be ambivalent Mm -hmm. and that's like the the first step of exploring a a new way to exist so um that's a i I think the fear kind of holds us back because we get comfortable even if I i don't know comfortable in our own misery or whatever it is right right but there's a sense of right being comfortable and being being in that place of like well at least i know yeah the the known versus the unknown Mm -hmm. right is really what it is right like this this isn't ideal but at least i i know i remember that actually and you know i'm not i don't think this is too political or anything but i remember um for seminary i traveled to cambodia and um there was there were some term elections coming up in whatever their system was at the time and some some people were talking about it you know and there was this new like political party that was trying to gain power um and I, we were talking to some of the locals there and it sort of got translated what the what the thought is like what's the general thought of this new political party and they're like well you know it might be good it could be good um you know it might make things better but um, all of these people, all these people, these politicians and all these people in power, they're just going to take advantage of us anyway. And so we'd rather we just keep these people in power because at least we know how they're going to do right. it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't uh-huh. know how these other people are going to take advantage of us. So we might as well just yeah. keep, you know, stay with this particular situation, you know, and that's really truly why I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much easier yeah. than, you know, cause it, what happens when you start thinking less materialistically 
I think that's a word, and more spiritually, is that it's a little confusing at first. And it's like, it doesn't make as easy a kind of sense, you know? Right. Like, to, to talk about, you know, objects and everything having energy and people having fields of energy and the world being connected by this big C and us all having our, our little C part in it and being able to to live in that and work with it and manipulate it and, and, and but also, you know, not just manipulate it, but participate in it. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's confusing and a little scary and it's like a little hard to understand. And it's like, it's just easier to watch TV. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Like go on YouTube for hours yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever we all do. Just, you know, in my case, it'd be like, you know, watching a lot of sports or whatever because that's like what I would do, you know. Right. So it's a little easier. And those things are all wonderful. I mean, if, that, if you enjoy it, that's part of the material creation. It's not that those things aren't good, right? right? But, yeah. Um, but there's also this element and aspect of, yeah, wow, there's a lot more. Right. Yeah. And then when you start to embrace that, it's like, then other, like little mundane things can become wonderful. You know, like, um, sitting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> since I started doing yoga, like not all the time, like every, I don't know, every few minutes, no, not every few minutes, like, a couple times an hour. Maybe when I'm sitting at a desk or something, I'll be like, oh, let me, let me just check about how I'm sitting, you know, and just sort of check in with my posture and yeah. see, you know, which part of my body am I actually activating here? And, right. and, but then also the other side says, well, how does that align me for what I'm trying to do? You know, am I in a, in a slump down, like, you know, miserable posture cause I'm stressed out about something, you know, or am I like angry and tense, you uh -huh. know, and, and how does that, how does that become something that is interpreted by those around me? You know? Right. Like body language is more than just physical. There's an, there's an energetic aspect to it. Yeah. You know? And what, yeah, that, uh, that energy, like when you were describing, uh, coming home and the people who know you best are, are just a, like that, that's like an, almost like an entry point to this. Cause we, we have all experienced that someone yeah. coming home and we know them so well and we love them. Um, and we just know that what they've experienced that day has been not great. Right. 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 <laughs> Head for the bunker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so like, that's like our first clue into, um, especially if they haven't said a word or haven't even like done anything, they've just opened the door. That's like our first clue that there's, there is something else. Yeah. There. Yeah. Which I, maybe that's a, a spot to start for, for people. Yeah. And I've, I've, I tried that out actually, and it does fly in front of a congregation during a sermon that that exact illustration mm -hmm. because it is such a common experience yeah right that nobody was like i and i even warned my congregation i said this is going to get a little woo woo because i'm talking about <laughs> auric fields here <laughs> because what i was talking to them about is when you and this was um this is because i just did the noah story this past week so we had this uh in that is that the description of noah you know that he was uh, right he was righteous and yeah. did all good things before the lord right or good sight of the lord some some like classic like old testament description yeah. of a good guy yeah. you know <laughs> but then there's this other there's this other sentence and it says noah walked with god 
And it was like, that means something because that's different than the normal Bible speak. Right. You know, that was something else. Like, no, and I was like, what does it mean? So I thought about well, when you when you walk with somebody, you know, you're, you're close to them and you share energies mm-hmm. with them. And then, you know, you're, you're sharing energy with that person. And but also you're you're traveling. So you're having a, a similar life experience for even if it's just a short walk for a period of time and, and over over a course of distance. And all of that serves to sort of unite you together, that sharing of of actual energies. And so I use that, you know, I use that analogy to people. Mm-hmm. And when I said, yeah, we're talking, I'm talking about like your aura and like <laughs> your auric field and the way that it interacts with other people. And, and I said, just so that you don't think it's all just kooky. And I gave that same illustration right. of when somebody comes home and, you know, it's like, even your pet can tell, you know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're angry. Uh-huh. Your dog is like, I'm going to go <laughs> run over to the yeah. other side of the room for uh-huh. now. You know, it's, so it's totally a real thing. And it is a good, I like that idea of it's a good entry point, you yeah. know, for, for an understanding on, on that level of just. Right. Cause of that like cognitive world tells us to say that's like kooky or yeah. like woo woo or whatever. Right. And so the box says, dismiss that. Right. Don't, uh, don't engage with that. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, it's not a, it's it's what we were talking about when we were going through the the Dean Radin book of mm-hmm. you know be, because of different societal organizations suppressing that for their own essentially political reasons. Right. You know, as we're talking about the the Catholic Church of the Middle Ages, it was more of a political force than it was a religious one if we're being honest about that time in history. Again, not talking about our current brothers and sisters in the Catholic tradition, but at that time it was. And that was what it was for, was to, you know, to advance its political desires. Mm -hmm. And a great way to do that was to, you know, remove some of these things of power and to, to, to sort of push the other things, those things of power to kind of push them away, you know, which the power was... You know, always there with everybody anyway. I mean, we're all creations of, of God. You know, we're all images of that. We're all God, you know, source energy in all of us. And, and you know, just try to, try to control that, manipulate that. And that sort of set this wheel in motion of, all right, let's push that stuff to the side. When really I think, and this is kind of how I opened up, is like before in human history, that never really was the case. It didn't seem like. You know, I mean, if you look back at, at at all ancient accounts of the way that civilizations and cultures worked, almost all of them, until a certain period of history, had mm-hmm. this element of the spiritual aspect was present. They might have been expressed differently, you know, and 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 done in different ways based on which culture you're looking at. But it was that element was present everywhere. It, which really points to, it's a. It's a key element in human experience then, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the reminder of, um, you know, there's like a deep sense of longing, but we don't know what we don't know, mm-hmm. almost. Like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, we, we know we want something else, <laughs> yeah. but it's hard to. It's hard to figure out what that is yeah. amid all the the ma- material, yeah, and all the all the forces of that, 
right? <laughs> like it, it inflicts a lot of a lot of forces. The the material and the grasping after certain things, because it's very easy, you know, especially now in culture where there's a camera everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to look at everyone else and everything else and think, well, that's just the best right there. You know, I want to be like that, or I want to have that, or I want to do that, you know, and, and it's very easy really to get caught up in that, in that very materialist, you know, striving of how can I, how can I get my material goals met? But what would it, what would it look like? I think for all of us, if we said, first of all, what, what would my spiritual goals look like? Right. That would that might be a hard question even for me, you know, to answer. <laughs> right. Even though I've even though I've been thinking about this pretty intensely for the last few weeks. Yeah. That would be a hard question for me to answer of, you know, how what would my spiritual goals be? You know, and then after you answer that, then you then the next question is, well, how do I go about that, you know, process of of learning and, and engaging with that? And that can be but I think that that's the thing that, that can break you out of that. You know, and uh, and I also like like I kind of described before is I, I see the you know I see the damage that that happens in lives and even in you know in my own situation just describing some of the stuff that I talked about before like when you when there's a whole realm of your existence that is not acknowledged by the society that you live in, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's difficult and it, and it makes you live in such a way that seems like it's a little bit, um, incomplete, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, yeah, I really, it's been, it's been good to be opening up to some of this stuff, you know, but at the same time it's like, man, I've been missing out on a lot of stuff for a long time too, you know, right. like that, that sense of, you know, there's, I wish that I, I even said, like the book that I was talking about before, the Damien Eccles book, I think it was, I think it came out in like 2018. Like, man, I wish this thing came out in 2008 or whatever. You know? <laughs> right. like, I would have I been, uh, you know, it would have been nice to engage in some of this stuff a little sooner, you know. But that's, I think that's, that's what I think we're, we're hoping, right? Or I'm hoping in, in what I've shared tonight you know, my own experience and, you know, Hey, this is, this has been, um, you know, this has been eye opening, but at the same time, you know, challenging and a little bit sad to, to come to it, you know, later in life than I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is the key. I think that that is what has been, I think this has happened to everybody that we've all been robbed of this greater understanding of our existence and the organizations that should be, in place to kind of help get us back to that broader view of of our world and our lives you know religious organizations mm-hmm. for the most part they just end up being political organizations again you know or or social structures you know that help with a particular you know societal need but they don't necessarily you know not all of them but but many of them don't really guide us into that that really deeper yeah. spiritual experience of life peeling into a, another layer yeah or four or five right 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 yeah yeah the uh that one um anecdote you had about the yoga 
um, grabbing for the yeah energy above your head. Yeah. Um, you know, you said you said you you grabbed and and there was nothing, um, but the description of it was like, well, there there is there is something, and that that was like really exciting. Yeah. Um, just to, um, you know, I I think I want to I think I want to try the the same uh, yoga as as you just tried because um, I've never had that sort of. That's that's maybe a an entry point too is like a a physical awareness of the the energy just around you that um maybe just because of life you're not really attuned to you're not really yeah. experiencing um but really aware that it's there like yeah I could easily like sense that you had something there just from hearing you talk about yeah. it like so yeah it really was it was like one of those things where i didn't even th- like i didn't even think about it you know yeah. like it's one of those like what's this on my leg you know like like when a bug lands on your knee you know and starts biting you and you kind of like swipe at it you know or or your you know you, some dog comes up next to you and you can feel it on, like it really felt like there's something there i just got to move it you know so that it's not touching me anymore yeah and there was nothing there <laughs> it was like i was surprised too yeah, and that's what's cool about, um, you know, going into these experiences. You know, I I didn't really know what to expect. You know, entering into trying yoga. Um, you know, but but I did go with. You know, I I think there's a spiritual practice element to this. You know, like it wasn't for me just like I need a good stretch. You know, like right. it was more like. But at the same time, even with that expectation that I went in with, there was there was more there than I expected. And I remember afterwards, I went up to the instructor, and it kind of sounded like a like a cheesy pickup line, you know. But I was like, <laughs> uh, "I've done some energy work, but I've never had my crown chakra activated quite like that." <laughs> was like, but it was wow. true. Like I was yeah. just telling her, like, you it's know, a little more profound than uh, yeah. What's your sign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, but the it was just. You know, the, uh, I was so surprised and I know that, you know, she had worked on this meditation and she was sharing it with people. And I'm sure from an instructor's point of view, it's a lot like being a pastor. You go, you do a sermon and you have no idea if it meant right. anything, you know, and she's probably up here going through this meditation that she's prepared and wondering if people are just thinking about, you know, what are they going to make for dinner? <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever. Maybe you know? I'll make something green to go with my chakra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're having greens tonight for our heart chakra so i i wanted to tell her but it did feel funny like yeah thanks for lighting up my crown chakra by the way (laughs) but yeah it's you know that's it's um it's almost like a little microcosm of what can happen i mean just not that yoga is simple but you can go and be guided through it and you're almost instantly like opened up to new things happening around you (laughs) yeah and all you had to do was just like kneel on a mat Mm -hmm. to start yeah yeah it's it's no it's you're right it's like an opening right and it doesn't take much it's just a small little like opening of yourself to that Mm -hmm. greater possibility and this is a common theme in really all of all of the things that I 
that I preach on at church, you know, and I think it's, it's a kind of a fairly common theme in a lot of preaching and, and a lot of theology is the idea of just opening yourself a little bit to the presence of the spirit, you know, and just that act of saying, Hey, I, right. I'm here. I'm a little, I'm open. I don't know exactly what will come of this, but I am, I'm willing, you know, to a degree. And then it's, it's that moment that, you know, the, the presence of the spirit comes in and works in, in your life. Right. And I think the same thing happens because it's all the same stuff anyway. Right. The, the presence of the spirit. I mean, I've, like I said, when I was talking about that, my, my experience of yoga has been very spiritual. There's, there's certain poses where I feel like in that, in that pose, in that moment, I am really, you know, in a very prayerful um, mode towards God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there are moments where, um, you know, there's the, the, I think it's, don't, I've only been at it like th- two and a half weeks, but <laughs> I think it's called the exalted warrior, you know, where you, you, you arch your back and you move, you know, your hands up and you look up and it's, it's one of those poses that you, you can't hold it for very long because your, your body would get tired, you know, but, but the fact of entering into that just for that moment and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to exalt this higher world, this, this greater being, this, you know, whatever it is that was responsible for me mm-hmm. being in existence, I'm going to say thank you to that for a minute, you know, and it's going to be a difficult pose. It's not going to hurt me, but I couldn't hold it forever, you know, and that, that kind of thing is, it's very, I don't know, it, 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 it keys you into the fact that there's, there is really something greater. So, yeah, it's a, I just, as much as it's like, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. You know, I am, I'm absolute infant in all of it. You know, I, I am just, and it's funny because I've been interested in it for so long. It's been a long process in my life of like, really like, you know, being interested in this stuff that's that bigger side mm-hmm. of the picture. Um, but I've never really pursued engaging with yeah. it. I've just been like, you know, like walking through a museum, you know? Right. And now I'm like getting on the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something different. You told yourself, do not touch. And now you're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm getting fingerprints all over this yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's um, that part of it. And so. And it is amazing what you see, you mm-hmm. know, and what you experience. And so I, I hope that, yeah, I guess my hope with it would be that, uh, that we, we could all together start to acknowledge this more and invite, like, just invite other people into it, you know, Yeah. that you have a, there's more, there's more to your life. There's more mm-hmm. to your day to day. There's more to, you know, it's, it's not just a commute to work, you know, it's right. an opportunity to, to move through this beautiful creation, even if it's, you know, stupid traffic jam, you know, like whatever, (laughs) you know, there's always something there, Uh right? There's always something bigger than whatever that miserable thing is in front of you. And maybe we're moving into a a season of engagement, Mm -hmm. um, kind of, um, with the pandemic as a, almost a catalyst because of the isolation and the, putting life on hold or whatever uh, description 
people use for it. Um, maybe we're we're coming out of it with you know now we're a podcast that we maybe wouldn't have felt the need for or had the energy to pursue is is now happening in a a season where we're wanting to engage with things maybe partly out of just missing engaging with one another but partly out of hopefully sensing that there is a little bit more one day at a time so yeah there's always more Right. Yeah, uh, more of this podcast. Yeah. Yay! Uh, All right. Next week, <laughs> or whatever day you're listening to the podcast, that's going to be tricky. Yeah, because yeah. people could listen to multiple episodes a day. So, it, well, hopefully, if if uh, you know when things go well, we'll use positive affirmative language. When when things go well and this podcast really takes off and people start to enjoy spending some time with us, then um, they could be listening seven years in the future. To tonight's first episode of right. Music of the Spheres podcast. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but we, uh, yeah, we thank you for being with us. We are going to make our best attempt to to record weekly and to get something out there. And um, and we really would love any engagement or feedback um, that you have for us. We really one of the one of the big goals here is for us to to create a community around just some of this. Um, and any of this uh, stuff that that moves you and, and is uh, meaningful to you in your life and and so we we would love to have some ideas from you um so uh before we before we close things out for the evening we just wanted to um offer a couple of uh thank yous i wanted to um give a thanks to the grimerica podcast and everything that they have uh they have done in their good work uh graham and darren and the interviews that they do um my material tonight came from engaging with some of the folks on their podcast. So we wouldn't be us without them. So a big thanks to them, um, to Dean Radin uh, for his fantastic book, um, real magic and for Damien Eccles and his fantastic book, high magic. We're, we're thankful for that. Uh, we got to put a big shout out to the Yingling premium beer. There it is. Um, you go find it wherever you can. It's I, I don't think it makes it out of the state of Pennsylvania too much, but if you can find Yingling Premium, go get it. It's good stuff. We'll um, get the uh, we'll get the label up on our Instagram. Oh, that's uh, right. So you can see a picture of it. And <laughs> which is that one of the ones you follow people on? You don't like on there. You follow. you follow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you gotta help me with that. So Instagram. Can you tell people the Instagram? Um, yeah, uh, Music of the Spheres Pod. So at Music of the Spheres Pod. All right. So that's how you find us on the Instagram machine. Um, however you're listening to us, uh, please be sure to subscribe. Give us a, give us a five-star rating um, however you can there. We really appreciate that. That'll help us get this out to more people. Um, if, you, if you do uh, uh, want to email us, you can reach us at brothers at musicofthespheres.com that's brothers at musicofthespheres.com um, and we will have a website up at musicofthespheres.com uh, hopefully hopefully by the time you see this uh, and can listen to this <laughs> hopefully there will also be a website accompanying it we're working on that now um, and so uh, yeah we, we thank you for spending your time with us for being present with us um, we, uh, we thank you for listening and sharing this with, with friends and family and um, we're, we're hopeful to, to make all of you part of our family anything else that you want to say before we close out for the evening Jason uh, 
thanks for tuning in and uh, com- coming on us with this uh, exciting journey. Yeah. We can't wait to uh, to continue it. Um, so next podcast uh, will be Jason's up to, to share That's right. some, yeah. some fun stuff. Yeah, we'll hear from, uh, hear from Lila and uh, hear from me. Yeah. 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 Very All right. exciting. And then I get I get the rebuttal at the end. Uh, that'll right. Be, yeah. That'll be fun. No. I'll take it easy on you. Don't worry. Um, all right. So, uh, we thank you here at the music of the spheres podcast, uh, for being part of, uh, for being part of this show and from the deepest parts of our beings, uh, we thank each of you for being part of our universe. Have a great night.